Bam. Pow. Zing. A comics podcast. Hey, welcome to the show. Formerly known as the Powcast, we are now Bam Pow Zing Comics Podcast. Um, so if you're a new listener, I'm Cameron. And I'm Jamin. Uh, so today we're going to be talking about Heroes in Crisis, new Marvel trailers, and the Spider-Man annual. And we'll be starting off with Heroes in Crisis, number one. Because at the time of us recording, that's the only one that's out, just for reference. So, so you... oh, sorry. Yeah, wait, so for me, out <laughs> of um about as much about Heroes in Crisis uh, before I read it, because I had kind of gone off of Twitter somewhat, and so I kind of got out of the cycle of the news. Um, so in a way, it was exciting, because when I read the issue, I really didn't know that much about it at all. And at first, it like threw me off, and I was like, what in the world's going on? But then by the end of the issue, I realized that that's how I was supposed to be feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really, um, it's like a Tom King staple for uh, him to kind of do that, like, almost like cold opening, like probably you see in a TV show with, like, his big story arcs of where you're just confused for the first couple of pages. Yeah, because I, like, did not know what in the world was going on at first. <laughs> yeah, it, like I think the best word to describe. We're not going to talk about spoilers just yet, but uh, I think like the best word to describe it would be shocking. Like it, like um, it was very surprising. Even though, like the DC kind of already hinted at themselves who's going to die, but it was still surprising. Well, it was one of those ones that like was just so out there seems so weird (laughs) i didn't even know what was reality like is this like real or (laughs) yeah like um i was actually thinking i was actually when i thinking it was like a nightmare sequence or something and same with the fight with harley and booster because i don't think that's much of a spoiler i mean if it's in the previews even for it like i was wondering like that's kind of out of the blue, but towards the end, we kind of got some context to the fight. I mean, I was almost kind of like waiting for to cut to a panel that was like two days earlier. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like it how it's kind of like giving, like, I hope they never like do prequel content. I hope it's more so we have to almost look for ourselves what happened based off what they're talking about. Like like one of those uh, mysteries that you kind of work through backwards. Yeah. Um, I think that would be pretty neat and it fits the tone of the story a lot. Or at least based off the first issue. Yeah, it, it could be pretty exciting depending on how they play it. I think it was a creative way to play it. Because I dabble in writing a little bit, and I would have never went that route. But I think sometimes that's what good writers do, is they go in the route that nobody else would. 
So I'm just going to kind of talk about, like, this is uh, just a bit of background before I really start talking about my thoughts on the issue overall and, like, individual moments in it. Um, this has been, like, my most anticipated comic in, a, like, an extremely long time. I remember it got announced the day after Tom King was on the Seth Meyers show, I believe. Like, um, I'm pretty sore because originally it was supposed to be announced on the show, but something went wrong with, like, DC, so it had to be announced after the show. But um, uh, since that day, like, since, like, June, I've been, like, really excited. I actually went to the comic book store the day it was announced and added it to my poll list. <laughs> but I was definitely intrigued when I got news. I knew you would be just because it was talking. Yeah. Uh, I've always thought um, a story like this would, like, I wouldn't have gone this if it was another way other than Tom King, because it's such a dodgy subject, I guess, would be the right word to use. I'm not really sure. Where it's so easy to make it for sock value and, like, edgy almost, but with um at least so far who knows maybe that's what i'll turn into but at least right now it feels like it, like the scene in the diner felt like for the first two pages felt so so real like for what superheroes would be feeling in a situation like this and i well i, I also kind of like the in the opening scene kind of like the you almost had a little bit of a perspective from a civilian. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the idea that they're in the, this world, there's people going, wow, we don't have any superheroes around here. Almost the way you'd say we don't have many, you know, we don't have many young people over here or something, yeah. you know? Um, like, almost like superheroes are like their whole group, like... <laughs> And it's, uh, it's, I'm, I'm trying to find a good way to articulate what I'm saying, yeah. but I'm, I'm it's struggling. It's like, almost but... like heroes are like their own kind of like race almost. Almost, uh, yeah. But I really, something that uh, if you've ever read a single scene with Tom King's done, you know, he does a lot of our nine panel works. And I like that he does um, the nine panel like character interviews here. Because even Harley Quinn, it's I'm not like both of us aren't the biggest Harley Quinn fans. I like the way she was in here because she was more animated series esque and not like Suicide Squad esque. If that makes any sense, like yeah, she was a lot more classic Harley than modern Harley. Because I, because if somebody were to ask you if you like Harley Quinn, I'd I'd say which one like. The original Harley Quinn is like a completely different character in my mind. Yeah, really. He's yeah, because like animated series Harley Quinn is totally different from the mm-hmm. comic book Harley Quinn. Generally. Well, not really, because originally they were quite similar. It wasn't until like post Arkham games when she really changed a lot. Pre New Fifty Two Harley Quinn's better. Cause, I could see that. Yeah, because post-New 52 is a lot of, like, that's when she got her solo series that didn't have the Joker in it at all, and it's when she became basically Deadpool. <laughs> but, um, 
If it's okay with you, I kind of just want to like um, almost do like a page by page, like uh, not page, not every page, obviously. We're just talking about what happened in it in order, hopefully. So if you don't want to get spoiled on certain parts, I guess I'll I'll do a big warning before we get to the big deaths because DC already said there'd be two big deaths, and before we get there, I'll do a warning. So I guess we'll just go through it. If you're okay with that, of course. Like you, you want? Yeah, we can. So it starts. That's all right. So, um, what was your thoughts on like the open? We kind of talked about like the opening opening, but like a bit more into it when uh Harley Quinn's like after that nine panel page. Did you like the page with Harley Quinn being interviewed? Uh, I, I like most all the interview pages. <laughs> Um, I like the scene where Harley Quinn told, uh, like, right after this, um, where Harley Quinn told uh, Booster Gold, like, the secret. And I honestly thought she'd be, like, saying, like, like a hint about who killed the people. Because at this point, you could already assume the sanctuary killings were about to happen or going to happen. Just based off of um, the big red blur of the ship going into the field. <coughs> oh, sorry. So... But then it's CSS she hates pudding, which surprised like which was just weird to me. Uh, yeah, I thought I thought that was kind of funny. Because mm. she's known for saying yeah. pudding a lot. So I thought it was a very funny thing to do. <laughs> next I like the next page, just the art on it, where it's uh like <laughs> for some reason I like the like every pie in this book looks really, really good. <laughs> I know that sounds like a weird thing to like, but like Clayman, like, should just do a pie, like, drop the comic books and just start drawing pies. Because I'd be fine with that. Like, it just seemed so well detailed compared to the rest of the book, in my opinion. Well, I thought, I thought he, um, drew a very good booster goal. Yeah, his booster, um, the page I have the comic like in white and family as we're doing this when he's about to when his hands like lighting up he's really cool so it wasn't until my second time reading this until I understood what was going on which says something a bit about my intelligence if I have to read it twice to get with a panel of birds eating a creature is and then the next page a, the creature talking about shrinking down so to the sides of like a worm and me not being able to understand what just happened and connecting the dots. <laughs> but it wasn't until my second time reading it until I realized that Blue Jay was the one being eaten there. <laughs> but, like, that was just weird to me that that would be a character they chose to so dying like that. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Random death. Let me see. I'm, I'm trying to pull up the... Uh comic myself and I think I got it there. Because this seems so oh, here I'll kind of just talk while you're doing that. Because um, this seems so oh, left field for me. Like um, I wasn't familiar with Blue Jay or Heat Spot before I read this book. They were like Hot Spot, sorry. Before I read this book, like <laughs> like um, 
I'm not sure if they're like deep cuts or if they're like fake heroes that King created for this, which I'd be surprised. Like, I, they could be so great characters I don't know about, but. <coughs> yeah, I never heard of the character either. Yeah, but it seemed very surprising yeah. just to me that they'd have a character just die for no reason that wasn't the sanctuary killings. Like, Honestly, I never even really like <laughs> noticed. Yeah, it was the same way. Like, that's that's so weird. Yeah, didn't his interview come after that too? It came before. Like the interviews all happened before because um. Later, when we see uh, the other characters who got interviewed, they were already dead, except for Booster and Harley. So, so you, you, yeah, that is confusing now. Now that I've noticed that. Yeah, so I think that interview is like a is like um almost as if Superman sees he's dead, and then watches like a tape recording of the interview. Even though that, that, it's not what happened, I think it's like. This character died. Here's a flashback of them talking, kind of thing. Yeah, very. But I really, of all the characters that were talking, Blue Jay's interview is probably like my favorite one, just because like of um <coughs> how um real he seems, like just by the art and the writing at the end there when he says um. He's talking about shrinking down stuff, and he says, "Um, I'll be drowning in my own bed, and like have them like an ocean." Like, oh, something about that line just seemed really powerful to me. Like, just for like this call, I'm like, because um, it really showed what's the word? Like, what a weight being a superhero would have put on these guys. Yeah, it is interesting for sure. Um, I guess I was distracted just by the fact that I had no idea who he was. <laughs> yeah, um, the same, if I had, like, another device handy, which I don't for the first episode ever, actually, because all other episodes I've had, like, a, my laptop beside me looking at stuff as we went, but this time I don't. Um, See, the whole thing is, is this time that's what I'm doing. But, of course, our first episode, I didn't have a laptop, though, yeah. so... Now, this next page is probably, like, the Harley Booster fight that happens right here. Maybe my least favorite part of the comic. Now, not because I have a problem with, like, I thought it was well done. just seems so odd that Harley would be able to beat Booster that easily, because to my knowledge of Booster Gold, he always has a force field on. <coughs> like, just to be that surprise attack. Like... Uh, did you find that, or like, did you find that weird or anything? Was that again? Um, I thought it was weird how Harley was able to attack Booster so easily because I thought he Booster like always had a force field on. Yeah, I I didn't know. I don't know Booster's power set that well, so I didn't notice it. Um, he may have just been like unprepared because. I mean, it kind of comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Harley Quinn just picks up. But, like, Booster's suit is supposed to be always having a force field on it. 
like never not but anyway maybe they're trying to give off the vibe that like he's uh vulnerable I guess I guess they're kind of trying to show the vulnerability of superheroes I think so it's I guess having it... oh sorry but like I think it's really the fact that Harley can do anything like very recently, Harley killed Darkseid, right? Like, Harley went to Apocalypse and killed everybody on Apocalypse, including Darkseid. Like, see, Harley Quinn's, like, the most powerful character in the DC Universe at this point. But see, yeah, that's something that confused me, too, about the issue that I felt like Harley Quinn <laughs> had... As much success as she did. <laughs> yeah, um, that's not really anything like on the story wise. It's just something DC's been pushing for years. Like, there's nothing anybody can do about that at this point, other than like DC XX natives. But um, the next page is super cool. Superman arc upon like there was Wonder Woman and Batman arc, but who cares? Like, <laughs> I'm kidding, obviously, but I really like that Superman at the bottom. Yeah, the Superman is probably the best of the three, although I do like the Batman. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I think for both of us, it's like, because Superman's my favorite superhero, and Batman's your favorite superhero, so I think we kind of lean towards our, like, favorite ones there. Well, you get you get to see more of Superman in that picture, and I like the effect of them kind of, like, breaking into each other's mm-hmm. panels. Yeah. Um, that's always something cool. I like, like, uh, who is it? I um, feel bad for blanking his name. The guy who very frequently does work with, uh, Grant Morris. He did, no, Gary Frank, that's Jeff Stone's guy. Well, the artist who does work with, um, Grant Morrison frequently, he does art like that, which I really like. I feel bad for blanking his name. But, uh, so next page, I liked, um, so next page, we see a bunch of heroes dying. Like, um, I'm not sure who the other three in the panel were, but we find out in the book that Hotspot was the fourth hero to die there. And we get a nice nine-panel interview with Hotspot. Yeah. Um, and the one of the people there looks like one of the people wearing that mask that's on the cover. Mm-hmm. It looks like what? Um, one of the heroes that are dead looks to be wearing the mask that Superman is holding on the front cover. Oh yeah, that isn't like a ma- that's like a the, the fourth hero like that one is like a robot thing that was like representative of sanctuary. Like it's like the mask people would wear when they went in sanctuary. Okay. Um. I think one of them looks like an like an Atlantean, like the green guy, because like he looks very similar to Garth, a character from Young Justice. <coughs> but that's not who he is, because Garth was different looking. But anyway, so the next page here though is my favorite page in the whole comic, where Superman um tells people that hotspot is confirmed to be dead and we see his body there with like a tear rolling down his face and Superman um, 
It's like trying to remember his cat's phase. I thought that was a really good moment. Yeah, I like I like this too. I I really was a fan of the interviews. Well, I'm talking about the page after that where um. Superman. Well, yeah, I'm like sure. I like how the interviews tie into the rest of the book and how the oh, yeah. the other pages. The page right after that Spider interview is uh is a little bit intense in some ways, but. It's almost like subtly intense, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My favorite panel in the whole comic is that bottom panel of the page of this Superman in the distance almost saying he can't remember. Yeah, I think I had seen that panel on somewhere before I had seen the before I read the issue. Before, back before I got out. <laughs> uh, the next page isn't I just Harley and Booster fighting some more. We kind of already talked a bit about that. So I'm just gonna then they fly off. But uh, the next page, this is like the page where Superman arrives at Sanctuary and uh, he walks into the building. <coughs> and uh, yeah, this is a part where you're starting to wonder like what the heck is going on now. Well, I think um didn't did you think Roy was going to die? Because I was practically I practically knew that Roy was going to die. Like I'd be more surprised if he didn't die before I read it. But it was um Wally that really shocked me. Yeah, Wally Wally did kind of shock me considering the big deal of DC Rebirth. Was that they brought him back? Um, same with Roy Harper. Like they were making a big deal about him being like back to normal. Like, and then you know there were there's all these fans that are already upset with how Wally West has been treated. So it kind of surprised me that DC would really go that hard. Yeah, well, there was tons of rumors of Wally West. Of, of Wally West getting his own mini announced at New York Comic Con. Like, everybody thought after Flash or Wally West was going to get his own series again. Like, like DC was hinting at, um, and like, it, like, uh, like, I'm not sure of how closely you were following on like the news before because I, because you said earlier you weren't, but, um, like, uh, like, uh, Howard Porter, who's an artist on like a lot of DC stuff, he kind of like, posted like a cover-esque photo of Wally running and stuff like so many people were getting excited about it and then we get this instead like uh, I think that's where a lot of the anger comes from because we just said flash or which ended with Wally saying he's going on his own path now uh, and stuff so hey Wally may be getting a mini series or a solo yeah and then at least um at least we do get like a lot of good, like a good Roy Harper moment after this. I was kind of disappointed almost that we didn't get a Wally West interview. I think we'll probably get one second issue or third. Well, the, the lack of Wally West interview adds to the sense of like, did that really just happen? Yeah. Um, like when, uh, the way I read comics is I almost read it like with a. Uh, 
like closed eyes view, so I can so I look at panel from panel almost. Like I don't look at the full page when I get to a page. He's so when um Superman went like uh Roy and like Wally, I was like like Roy and like WW. I'm like no way. <laughs> like it was such a surprise. Well, yeah, I was like kind of just reading through it. And then just seeing Wally on the ground, I was like, wait, what in the world is going on here? Oh. And, like, it also makes you wonder, like, what in the world did this? Yeah. <laughs> just, you know. We have, like, the suspects of murder, like, already. And, um, there's sort of, well, like, how it could be Booster Gold or Hart. It could have find two suspects, right? You want now? Booster Gold and Hardy are the prime two subs. Sub- yeah, I think that's what they said in the comic. But I'm like, how could either one of those two just walk up and kill everyone in the sanctuary? Booster's really powerful when he wants to be like a. The last story arc of Batman, which is also written by Tom King, hint, hint, uh, with Booster in it, really showed how powerful he was. He basically made like a flashpoint and killed half of the people in that universe. Kind of like I'm not explaining it well. Like the boosters can be really powerful when he wants to be. Same with um. But I'm. Pardon. But like what I was thinking of like you know Wally West is they for the Flash War they kind of make the statement that Wally West is the fastest man alive. They they said it. It just seems weird that, you know, not even he could escape the fate. But Sanctuary, like, its whole premise is that it's a place of calmness and, like, where superheroes feel safe. So, if a, so if this was to happen, well, West probably, like, um, with, I know he can't actually use, but it'd be, like, almost like he turned off his powers in a sense. Like, I don't think he was really alert for anything like that. Maybe, but I mean, he must have been the first one to go, though. Mm-hmm. He would have had to be. So, and at the end, Harley Quinn says, um, <coughs> but she didn't kill him, and Booster did. And then the comic ends with Booster's interview. I mean, you never know. Booster, if Booster had been in the sanctuary, he is a superhero, so they may not have seen it coming until the very last second. I don't... I, see, it's funny. I hope it's neither Booster or Harley. See, I think Harley would kill the people. Like, that seems like a Harley could move. So, but I don't want her to be able to kill Wally West. But I don't want Booster to have killed Wally West, if you know what I mean. Like, I don't want either of those two things to be true. Well, it's like, they kind of show how it could be either one. You know, they start off the issue, and Booster Gold looks exhausted, like he really needs a hug, and he really needs that cup of coffee he's drinking. So you could almost show maybe he could just come back from all that. Then at the same time, Harley Quinn seems pretty dead on killing Booster Gold, so you could make the argument that Harley Quinn's just trying to kill everybody at this point, and she's just wanting to finish up, I guess, but... Um. 
it, it could easily be needed. <laughs> so it's like we still don't know hardly anything. Yeah, I'd be surprised if it was either one of them. Actually, I don't think it's either one. Knowing the knowing how these street tweets characters, it's probably going to be like um, oh no, Batman. Uh, that's my final prediction. It's going to be Batman. <laughs> I'm kidding. But... I was about to say <laughs> that would have been that that would be a twist. That would be a twist, but I don't think they could recover from that. <laughs> I mean, so many people are dropping DC books after them killing Holy Last. Like, a fair of people have like are really upset about that. See, I'm like I. Yeah, gotta at least finish the story before mm-hmm. you drop it completely, I think. Yeah. Like, if the story concludes and Wally West is just dead, and if you're a Wally West fan, then, you know, whatever. But yeah, I feel like you at least have to finish the story to see if it's even going to stick. Yeah, like, um, the only, like, I find the best, uh, like, there's no real, like, standout series in comics right now. Like, Fantastic Four is just starting, and that's really good. But like my only thing I'm really liking from DC is um currently Batman, like consistently liking. And um the only thing I'm consistently liking from Marvel is um the second arc of the Amazing Spider-Man series. Like the first arc was weak, but the second arc's pretty good. But um that's besides the point. Like I'm just saying, like a lot of comics right now are kind of mumble. Not mumbled like a like com- like changing a lot. Like DC and Marvel are both changing a lot without their story changing. Just the creative way it's working now. Yeah. Like I'm not sure if you've been following it, but Bendis practically owns half of DC now. Like every title, I'm like, oh, that looks neat. Bendis is writing it. Like Bendis and the uh, Snyder to some extent too are just like the two. Juggernauts of DC now, which um, and both of them currently at least stories just evolve with action and I guess action comics doesn't is more new style which makes it better but oh no I don't know I I think the whole Bendis thing is weird it's like I almost think of him more of a Batman guy than I yeah um guy. he is writing a Batman book. But you can't get it anywhere. Like the Walmart comics are so hard to find. Yeah, I haven't found any Walmart comics. Yeah, and yet. you're in like its territory of the U.S. Like I'm like, like uh, anybody outside of the U.S. can't get them, no matter what, unless they go to the U.S. Obviously, because like they just don't sell them at non-U.S. WalMarts right now. Yeah, and. I might check when I buy my the bigger wall. The Walmart that I go to more isn't even a super Walmart. It's kind of a smaller Walmart, and so they don't ha- like they don't have uh, certain things. Like I think you mentioned that the books were with like the crane. Yeah, they're like kind of hidden in the trading cards. Actually, you have to really and uh, and like the Walmart I go to more often doesn't even have trading cards. So, um. <laughs> so I don't know if they even have those. And I know that the other Walmart that I go to sometimes does, and they may have something there. Uh, at the very least, I could probably order it online off of Walmart. 
and we're going to be doing the transfer. I haven't seen them online on Walmart's website. For Walmart, at their US website. Yeah, I don't know. Well, it might depend too on like your local Walmart too, because I think sometimes depending on maybe your settings or whatever, the Walmart site will go off of like your local listings. But um, it just seems very weird that they like do because like ever since Tom King's story and actually one thousand people have been wanting him to write Superman, and now he is Walmart. People like you want Ben to write Superman. Batman, now he is. And um, not as common as the other ones, but a lot of people want Tim C., the young Wonder Woman. And all three of them are writing those heavily fan requested characters, but like they're super hard to get. And it doesn't sound, and they haven't said they're making it into trades. And if and it's like, um, I don't get to read Tom King writing my favorite comic book character here in a trade, I, I won't be pleased at all. Like, I'll have to like. Burn all my DC books, probably. That seems to be only possible. <laughs> you have to try to like find it on eBay or something. Yeah. Um, so now we're off. We're we got off on like a five minute long tangent there, but um, now we're going to the Captain Marvel trailer. I'm gonna say all my opinions in, it in less than ten seconds. Eh, like I had no opinion on it. Yeah, that's what you I could expand it, but like it was the most mediocre thing I've ever seen. Like same with the Phoenix trailer, but we're not talking about the Phoenix trailer. Like what about you with Captain Marvel? Okay, I agree with you on the Phoenix trailer. Uh I at least get where you're coming from with the Captain Marvel trailer, but I still liked it. Oh, I don't um I don't mean I disliked either trailer. It just didn't really get me excited for the movie or like, if I wasn't already planning on seeing both of them, I wouldn't see it. Based off them. Like, like Captain Marvel still got me excited. Um, not Maybe not all that much more than the pictures did. And so you kind of want a little bit more hype than the trailer. But that, this is just an early trailer anyways, I think. Um, they'll probably come out with more. But I think because of all the stuff going on with the Avengers movies... Uh, that mom seems to be the word, and they don't really want to say, share much of anything, so I think they're trying to show as little as possible at this point. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, like, we didn't find out a whole lot of new stuff. I thought it was cool seeing certain <laughs> things, uh, like seeing the different costumes that Captain Marvel had. Seeing some of the characters they were going to include, seeing uh, younger Nick Fury, I thought it was kind of hilarious that they uh, showed a blockbuster at the start of the trailer because um, one of the staples of the '90s was that blockbuster and movie rentals were still big because Netflix hadn't come around yet uh, and streaming services hadn't come around yet. So back. In the 90s, you know, at least where I'm at, Blockbuster's known as a very 90s thing. Yeah. And so to me, that was just as good as subtitles saying 1990. But, see, um, you're about to hear, like, uh, me kind of being, like, not cynical, but, like, this is, like, I don't mean to sound super cynical or anything, 
I don't like like um that kind of like uh like I really hope that's as well as much nineties throwback stuff as you get in it. Because my main problem with a lot of um like Thor Ragnarok even for some reason or Gar like like they seem so nostalgic focused. I'm worried this isn't going to happen with this. Like uh, um lots of people were pointing out with Thor Ragnarok, which is another MCU movie within recent time, how it was trying way too hard to be like an eighties nostalgic thing. And the Guardians movie, that's their whole gimmick, really. Like uh I don't know, I just don't like that whole um hey, our comedy and like is going to be all based off the time period thing. Like it just seems cheap to me. I think another part of it though is that I think we're Captain Marvel. They want you to know what takes place in the nineties. And so you kinda have to try Yeah like- to show that it is in the 90s. I have a problem um, with them saying it's the 90s. Like I, I said, it's just that I don't want them to go in any more detail than what they've already had in the trailer. Like, yeah. Oh, another thing I thought was cool was that we got a look at uh, Phil Coulson, and I didn't even know he was going to be in the movie and kill the trailer. Yeah. Um, there was... I want Thor. Uh, like, I kind of thought... I like Coulson's arc as it is. Like, um, I watched, like, obviously, I think, I don't think there's, like, a single comic book fan on the planet who hasn't watched the first Avengers film, so I don't know why I'm saying I've watched it. Like, I watched the first Avengers film, but, like, and I also um, watched, like, the first four seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and I stopped once it started getting good, apparently, just because I forgot it aired, and then I just didn't bother catching up, <laughs> but, um, I I checked out maybe after three seasons or so. I don't remember exactly when I left, but I kind of got uninterested in it. I think me. I think I may have left on the third, like third season too. Did you leave like right before Ghost Rider came? Or yeah, (laughs) I think that's when I left too. And apparently, after Ghost Rider came, it got really, really good. I heard they had my brother still watches it. He told me. He told me that he there was some really interesting story art going on out Yeah. That. It seems like me and you have bad, bad taste that still wouldn't believe something. <laughs> well, the show just started going in directions, and I was just like, ugh. The, the show started out so strongly for me, and then I just totally lost interest. <laughs> I watched it. Like, I kind of stopped watching it and started watching it by mistake, but I started watching it. It's just because, like, there's this streaming service in Canada. It's like, oh, like, in the U.S., you guys have, like, Hulu. Um, so, but in Canada, we have this thing called Crave TV. And um, I was just watching that, and then I accidentally pressed Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I didn't have much interest in watching it, but I didn't want to ch- change it. And I watched the pilot, and I liked it. And then when I stopped watching it, I stopped watching it just because I forgot to watch it one night, and I didn't, and I never caught up to it. Like, <laughs> So I kind of like watched it all on fluke. That's kind of funny. <laughs> I I actually watched it as it was coming out. I remember like having so much hype for the show before it came out. Yeah, I watched the the like season when I did watch it. Like the I think it may have been like the third or second season. The se- the season before I stopped watching it live. I watched that live, but I didn't watch anything. 
Like, I remember even, like, further before the show when I, I was reading, like, a fan article on the, uh, on Facebook that was saying how Phil Coulson could still be alive. Yeah. I remember, like, he was such a fan favorite character at the time. <laughs> like, um, and it, it was, like, such a, like, so many people watched that pilot episode, but then nobody watched the second episode, basically, compared to the, and, like, uh, I think the ratings for the first and second episode got released, and they're, like, drastically different. Which I thought was funny. But, yeah, we're, we're getting yeah. on, off on a little bit of another tangent. Um, <laughs> Anyway, I think that's really, there's not super, like, I've said my thoughts on the Captain Marvel trailer. I think they're trying to really push the Klee <coughs> in it, like the skulls or whatever. But I have. Okay, I, I have this weird thing about the scrolls. To me, the, in the Captain Marvel trailer, in the picture they show, the scrolls are almost really cool. To me, I feel like it might be nitpicky, but I just feel like they picked the wrong shade of green. Um, I don't have a problem. This, this sounds really picky, especially now that I'm saying it out loud, but like, that's just like my honest thoughts about it is that maybe less of a puke color. I don't have a problem with the costumes. I think they're like on par with the other Cinematic Universe costumes. Like, they're not. They're not great or anything, but they're not bad in my opinion. They're just, they're just like movie costumes. But um, I really thought it was super strange to like not really talk about what they were. Like. Couldn't they have like this like Nick Fury mo- like uh, monologue over like the trailer like, and him saying uh like the like the skulls changed into something blah blah blah. But no, they just showed her punching an old lady like. Yeah, for, like, no explanation. Which, like, we all kind of assume the old lady must be a scroll, But, like, for a lot of people, they're just going to see her punching an old lady. It just seems so, so weird. Like, um, a lot of people, surprisingly enough, kind of, um, like, I saw a few tweets about it when it came out. Saying, so, uh, um, saying the first female Marvel movie is going, stars, uh, stars the main character punching an old lady and it just makes me laugh that like that's how we were like that's what people take away from the trailer like this point two second clip yeah it was it was weird yeah i i think whoever made that trailer got fired the day it came out like it just it seemed like such a weird marketing decision like you're not gonna make any sock value off that all you help is like those uh Fury guys on YouTube who go into anything like saying like that do all the little red arrows pointing at like her punching the lady saying the real reason why and then they just like read one issue of a comic and explain it. Maybe they were just trying to create internet buzz. Yeah. Ugh. So they could market their movie. So the inter- so they could uh kind of. Get the internet to market their movie. Oh, that's the thingy. Sorry about that. Uh, and now it's time to do something that I haven't figured out. Yet. I guess we'll just move on after this. <laughs> yeah, that 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 can be our uh, setup. Well, I guess. <laughs> Let's move on. Um, 
now we're on to the Spider-Man annual. And before we uh, talk about, like, the annual itself, like, uh, the story of it, it, like, I really hope the artist who does it is, like, doing a full Spider-Man series soon. Because the artist is, like, the best Spider-Man art I've seen in a long time. Like, uh, Gary Brown? Uh, yeah, Gary Brown's his name. He just did an incredible job on this, like, Excuse me, but it's like my favorite Spider-Man in recent time. I really dig like this comic book. Like you already know how I feel about the writer. Yeah, like you're a um, fan of his. Uh, I'm a fan of his work. I think he's a very talented writer. He's actually a relatively new comic book writer because I think his actually debut comic was Black Bolt. Uh, but Black Bolt was like my favorite comic of the year potentially um or i guess technically maybe last year i think i think black bolt came out last year finished this year but yeah so i was a fan of the writer and he didn't disappoint me when i found out he was doing spider-man anymore i knew i wanted to read it and so i was not disappointed i thought it was super cool I found getting his like uh, Miles Spider Man like uh, and like it comes out this December. At least I'm trying to because right now I'm canceling my Titans. Even though Kyle's joining it soon, I'm just really bored of my Titans. So that gives me room to have, add two more uh, monthlies because that's a biweekly currently. So I have no clue who because there's four titles coming out that I really want. Well, now five after New York Comic Con. So I have to really narrow it down. So I did plan to get Miles, but then it comes out. But just today it got announced that Tom Taylor was doing a Spider-Man series. So right now, this is like, I'm, this is on topic, I promise. Uh, it's me trying to convey my point of that Spider-Man is like dominating Marvel right now. Um, like Spider-Get. I mean. Oh, sorry. I feel like Spider-Man, I feel like Spider-Man is Marvel's Batman at this point. Like, um, Spider-Geddon was, like, their best-selling comic. Tons of, like, um, I went to, because I went to uh, Way last, the weekend it came out, and it was, like, sold out, like, every comic book store I went to. Not, I already bought it digitally, because it was still at my store, so I just ended up buying it digitally. The, um, and, like, uh, it's crazy how popular it was doing. I think, that's partially due to the game being tied into it, and the game was a massive success. But I would... and, they, and, they also, and they also have that Venom movie being out right now. Yeah, but Venom's, like, really not generating any buzz. Like, the Venom solo series doesn't have a lot of people reading it or anything. It's... Yes. Well, the one thing I like about the Spider-Man annual is that it kind of almost makes you to believe that it's another marketing ploy mm-hmm. for Venom. But then they don't. <laughs> I like how the highlight was the symbiote, not Venom. Yeah. So you almost forget Venom's a thing just because you're you're thinking about the symbiote and Spider-Man. Yeah, it was. I really, I really liked um, how it gave you the symbiote's point of view more than anybody else. Yeah, I thought that was a super cool way to do it. Was to do it in the point of view of as the symbiote. Yeah. Um, 
it almost gives you perspective. It almost makes you understand more what the symbiote's point of view is, which is super weird to say. <laughs> um, good. Was it good? Oh yeah. Um, one thing I found about this comic though is that uh, it was very like oh, I'm blanking on the word. Sorry. Uh, fast paced. Uh. Like kind of because it was like basically like going over like um from when he first got the costume and started doing weird stuff to when he got taken off like it's kind of it did a lot of stuff for one annual to do. Yeah, well, I think sometimes that's not super uncommon for annuals, just because annuals are are usually just a one part story. Yeah. Uh. But I think I think their idea was to try to fill in a little bit of a gap in Spider-Man's history because the idea I got was during the period where Spider-Man had the symbiote suit and they were a mention of his night adventures I think they wanted to tell us some of them and I thought that was cool how they kind of went back to an older arc and they even went as far back as Secret Wars which was one of the first comics I ever read. Um, so I thought all that was pretty cool. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was like a really cool comic as far as cuts go. But um, also, it had me very intrigued because I kind of treated it almost like uh, uh, based off this, like putting your previous uh, thoughts on the wider side. If you read just this one issue and you didn't know anything about the wider would this convince you to get the Miles solo series that he that he's writing that got announced way as this came out? Uh, I don't know. I think sometimes it's hard to be sold on a writer off of one issue. I mean, unless that issue is really, really good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't know. I probably would read this issue and not give a second thought to who was the creative team behind it, if I'm being yeah. honest. That's, maybe that's not the best way. But, like, for an annual, and an annual like this, I would probably just read it say, that was good, and then not well, look at I, the credit. I, well, I kind of misphrased my question. I meant more so if, like, somebody said, hey, read this comic. It's written by this guy who's a boat to like Spider-Man later on, and after you got done it, would you have wanted to read Spider-Man after that? Like, that's kind of what I mean. So you're saying like if some if like would I want more yeah, like, oh, So let's say if for every reason you ever heard of this guy and I say, Hey, uh, here's this comic um uh, made by this guy who's going to be writing Spider Man soon and then once you're done, like I say, Do you wanna read his next Spider Man stuff coming out soon? Like would Yeah, I would say I would say yeah. Yeah, like I'm definitely gonna get the first issue of Miles and see how it is. Miles and Peter are like Two separate, um, bad like uh, no, no, it's like two separate people completely. Though, like, uh, <laughs> it'll be very, very interesting to see how they contrast. Um, I hope I really don't know. Like, uh, like my standout, which is rare for me in comics, was the art for this. Really, though, like usually I'm not too interested in the artist, but this this artist really stood out for me. So I don't. See what work doing. So I think we've both got our thoughts on it. 
Like, this issue doesn't have as much to dig into like Heroes in Crisis does. It's a great issue. There's just not that much to really dive deep into. Like, was there anything you we didn't talk about that you'd want to talk about? Uh, I don't think so. I think that's probably... That's probably okay, it. Okay, so now we're on to what's my most like uh, anticipated movie of the year. Um, like even last week when it got announced, uh, talking about Spider is Spider Man into the Spider Verse. I am so excited for that movie. Like I last time I was this excited for a movie was probably I want to say Justice League, but I wasn't super excited for Justice League. It's been a long time since I was this excited for a movie. Because I was like one of the few people who was like excited for Infinity War, but wasn't super excited, if you know what I mean. Like, I, I was looking forward to it. Anyway, so this is like my most anticipated superhero film. And as long as I can like remember almost. So I'm pretty excited for it. Like, I've watched the latest show that came out this week, like seven to eight times, seven to like ten times, honestly. Like, I'm really yeah. Like a... I I remember when they first announced a cartoon Spider Man movie, and I thought it was kind of weird. But then you know the trailers came out. We found out more about it, and because they have a unique thing going on with the whole Spider First thing, and <laughs> animation, the animation looks awesome, mm-hmm. and not what is typical of animated movies. Yeah. And so I I think it does look pretty good. Uh, I didn't know anything about the movie until the teaser trailer came out, where it was just Miles, uh, like last December. And I saw it, and I thought they were making a live action Miles movie at first. Like I didn't realize it was animated because it just looked so lifelike at the beginning for the first five seconds, and then they don't do it. I realized, but uh, I recently, um, like uh, this is like so my um. Spider-Verse knowledge. I've been... The Spider-Verse comic is so incredibly hard to follow. I bought the big, like, big, big Spider-Verse book. I'm like, okay, I get to read it now. And I read it. First page tells me in order to read it. And there's no page numbers in this trade paperback. So I have to flick through each part, find the issue. Like, this middle issue comes first. Then you go back to the beginning to find, like, the last issue in this series. They couldn't have organized the trade worse. <laughs> Like, it is so hard to read. Like, it seems like an odd, complicated story to try to adapt, doesn't it? Like, yeah, I think sometimes just those kinds of events in general can be hard yeah. to deal with. But, like, cause, um, it's just, cause, like, let's say if you just saw Fiber and thought, huh. I really want to buy that comic. You're, it's not, it's not, like the least beginner-friendly Spider-Man story ever. Like I read a fair bit of Spider-Man. Like, I just got done reading all Superior Spider-Man, the comic that led into this, basically. And I had a ton of trouble following what was going on at times. Like a, <coughs> it's a very not un-beginner-friendly comic. Which I thought was yeah, I see. The Spider Verse seems to be just like almost like a marketing point stuff. There's many different Spider Man versions as, as 
They can. <laughs> but one thing that's great about Spider-Verse is that Sony executives aren't don't care about this film. Like they're able to do what they want. Like that's something that made Teen Titans go oh, the, to the movies and like Lego Batman so great. They were both comedies. Like they were good for different reasons. But one of the main reasons what made them do is that they were able to say or like make as many references and Easter eggs and take as many characters as they wanted because there was because nobody cares about animated films when it comes to like lights or like uh, oh we have this character plan for a movie in twenty twenty eight we're not allowing you to use them like. Well, I mean, that's why I do with animated movies, too, is I feel like if we ever have a chance at Marvel crossing over with DC on the big screen, it's through an animated movie, probably Lego. (laughs) I think there's going to be, within the next five years, a Lego Marvel versus DC video game. I mean, they, they, I mean, Iron Man was referenced in the Lego Batman movie. But, like, every Lego DC Marvel game, game like, uh, I've watched them, like, on YouTube or whatever, but the end credit scenes for them ends with, like, them, like, showing, like, um, Black Panther before Black Panther was cool for, like, a Marvel game, like, jumping off this building at night, making you think, oh, it's Batman, nope, it's Black Panther, or, like, um, showing you, uh, what's one for DC, oh, no, like, was it Nightwing hanging upside down, like, Spider-Man, nope, it's, like, Nightwing, like, they always tease it at the end of their games that this would be the one to cross over. So I think it's only a matter of time until we finally get that. But yeah, it, it would be cool. I think uh, Mar- really Mar- people give people give Marvel and DC a hard time for not getting along and not just putting aside their differences. But they actually did one time half a crossover. That was before comic. Disney owned Marvel, yeah. Like they used to crossover frequently. Yeah. But um, ever since Disney owned Marvel, like DC has said on numerous occasions, like every con if they get asked, hey, crossover, they said, yeah, we want to do it. Marvel, no, 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 get that away from us. Like uh, it's because, but you can understand where Marvel's coming from. Like people, the general audience views Marvel far above DC currently. I think they're almost equal, really. Like, uh, I, um, there's, like, I like my things with Marvel and DC. We got, like, parts of each, but anyway, we got way too sidetracked here. Sorry about that, but, uh, going back with Spider-Verse, is, um, is there any, who's your favorite, not including Peter Parker or Miles, Spider character that they, like, are showing off that's going to be in Spider-Verse, or do you not have one? I don't think I would have one. I think I'm kind of interested in uh, some of the villains that have shown up, specifically, you know, that there are villains. Um, I think the Spider-Man Knower, I don't know how you pronounce that, honestly. I probably should, but the (laughs) Spider-Man Knower... Is it newer or newer? Because like, I've, I've heard it. Yeah, that's, I feel like that's just like a phrase in general, not even related to Spider-Man, that I should know how to say, but I don't. Because I think newer, I think newer is like, is like the French term for, black, like, it's like black and white, white, which is what it is. Like, I'm pretty sure it's newer, but I could be completely wrong. 
But, um, I think it's kind of related to like crime dramas. Yeah, like the old black. What I'm reading now is related to like crime dramas. Yeah, it's like the black and white crime dramas. With it. It's like those black and white cop shows or something. Yeah. Anyway, but uh, you know who I really want to show up because I this like this is just me though. You won't like again. I would like be like I'd probably like fall out of my seat if this character showed up. Superior Spider Man should be in Spider Verse. Like he was like almost like the cause. Him and Spider Man twenty ninety nine. The two of them were kind of the cause for the comic Spider Man Spider Verse. But neither of them have shown up in the trailers for it. But um, I've read all of Superior Spider Man's run now. I bought the two complete collective editions. Uh, and I've read them all, and uh, he's like really, really awesome. If you haven't read *Superior Spider-Man*, uh, I'd highly recommend it to anybody listening. I've always wanted to. <laughs> uh, I was lucky. I got um, the first one. I got for kind of free. I got for buy two get one free. That's how I got the first volume. And the second volume, the second collected edition, like the because there's volumes and then there's complete collected editions. And the way I got the second complete collected edition, I was at a comic book store and it was a used comic. And the corner of it was like dented severely, but the book was in good condition itself. So I got it for $10. Nice. Um, I, so, I, so I got the complete Superior Spider Man series for $10. And um, so it's pretty lucky how I was able to get it. But uh, usually it'd be like, um, I'm going off Canadian prices, so only 70 there or 80, but usually it'd be like 100 Canadian to get it all. So it's, not, it's definitely not something you can just like go, oh, I'm going to buy Superior Spider-Man today. It's kind of hard to get. <laughs> but anyway, it's really good. I also wouldn't mind seeing Ben Wiley in it, which I don't think they would like. Ben Wiley, twenty ninety nine, and Superior Spider Man, I think would be cool. But um, I feel like maybe like a cameo or an end credit scene. Yeah, I'd be surprised if twenty ninety nine didn't show up in like in a background or an Easter egg. Ben Wiley, I think they'll probably. I'd be, you know, I think they'll do. I think they'll have like the characters walking down, and they'll have like a, like you know like a mannequin almost wearing like that Ben Wiley hoodie in like a background scene, like as an Easter egg. Maybe I. I. Oh, sorry. I would really like it if like any of those showed up. Like I think I feel like I I don't think Spider Man twenty nine you know should be a part of it in some way. Like, uh, I'm like the ultimate like Doc Ock fanboy almost now. So like all so uh, um my brain is telling me Doc Ock has to be in there. You can't have Spider Verse with them, but. I think you can, but my but my bias for Doc Ock really thinks he's essential to it. Like that's just me though, because I know he isn't. But uh, I think I think it would help the movie a lot. But also, picture the four like the robotic arms, <coughs> Spider Man in the Spider Verse animated style, just like. Like that mental image sink into your brain, and then you'll also want Doc Ock in it as much as I do, because it's just such a great costume, and in that style, it'd be amazing. 
Where, like, you you briefly touched on this earlier, but do you like the animated style? Because a friend of mine who's big into animated films really dislikes the style for this. He's not a superhero guy. Really? Yeah, he's not, like, a superhero guy, and I showed him it, like, saying, hey, there's this, like, superhero film. Like, do you like it? Like, he watches basically any animated thing ever, uh, like, a bunch of animated shows and stuff like that. And I showed him, and he's like, oh, the animation there is happy and stuff and he told me that it's like 2010 level which I disagreed with but anyway like do you like it? Yeah I, I like it. I don't know how like two, what 2010 level even yeah. means. Oh no he's like an animation snob so I wouldn't go off what he says but, um, but anyway uh, I thought it looks really cool um I really like the style of it, like this overall lighting and stuff. Like, yeah, I think I think for the movie Sixteen, they made it a unique animation like, style. Like the animation style is like, I I'm buying all I'm buying like an issue of Venom, a comic I don't even want, just so I can complete my set of the variant covers for this. Like that's my level of excitement for this. Um, like I I love the animated the animated style of it. However. There's a massive problem that emerges with it. They're making pop figures in the style of it. It's like a, I think it'd be like a hundred dollars to get them all, and it's like really hurting me because I can't, because I probably can't get them all. <laughs> or um, yeah, I think I saw those. Yeah, because all of them look amazing like that. So judging off the pop figure merchandise, actually, that's an excellent segue. Um, the villains that are most heavily marketed. Marketing that they're ha- most heavily marketing right now are the Green Goblin, who's like this dragon type creature in this, and uh, the Prowler. Do you? So I'm just gonna assume everybody knows who the Prowler, who the Green Goblin is, but like I, I don't think a lot of people know who the Prowler is. Like, do you know who the Prowler is? Like, do you? Or I, I, I do know who the Prowler yeah. is, and I, the Prowler is actually very much connected to Miles. Morales. Yeah, he's like he's his. Uh, the current person is his uncle, like, uh... Yeah. Uh, and... If I... If I am recalling correctly, I think Donald Glover's character in Spider-Man Homecoming is actually, like, supposedly, uh, the Prowler. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. That would be cool. Donald Glover was, like, one of the main reasons why, um... Western models got created. Him and uh, Barack Obama was the two reasons why Bendis created uh, uh, Miles. That's a fun little fact. Of the, that's why um, in the animated TV show, will um, Donald Glover voice Miles? That's a fun little fact about Miles, which I find very interesting. Oh, one thing that I, I'm I'm on my laptop right now, and I just saw something. Uh, evidently, Nicholas Cage is voicing Spider-Man Noir. Uh, yeah, he is. It's. See, I didn't even know that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't recognize any of the other names, but then randomly in the middle, there's Nicholas Cage. Yeah. Um. I think that's pretty cool because uh, Nicholas Cage also played Superman and Teen Titans go to the movies this year. So we're going to have somebody who played Superman and Spider-Man and 
all in one in one year. So it can be done. This Superman is arguably like the third most famous superhero. Like I can say Superman, Spider-Man, Batman, like the big three famous superheroes. And uh, Nicholas Cage have played two of them in the same year. Yeah. This is funny because you think of all of them, Nicholas Cage would play Batman, right? Like, because uh, he, he don't like to play any of them. But... Well, I think in King Kong and Skull, he played Superman. Yeah, yeah, I know, but I was saying, like, of all of them, like, you would guess that he'd be playing Batman, not uh, Superman. Yeah. I'm glad he didn't play Batman. Yeah. Though. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not the biggest Nicholas Cage fan in the world. Nah, I. I don't know pretty much anything about him, but. Uh, oh yeah. Um. So we're almost wrapping up. Uh, but just one last thing about uh, Spider Verse is that I think the movie will be. I think the movie will be more popular than people will think it is. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if it was more popular than Aquaman, which comes out one week later. Because <laughs> we have it coming out on December 14th and Aquaman on the 21st. And I think Spider-Verse is going to do better. It's going to do better for, like, half the price. Yeah. And, of course, I think sometimes animated movies in general, sometimes have a harder time. But then again, Spider-Man's more of a mainstay character than Aquaman is. Yeah, and um, what I think is going to be happening is I think the reviews for this are going to be good just because I think the movie itself will be like something else. Like, for, uh, for some reason, I don't know why, I just have really high hopes for this movie. Like, I think it'll like, like really do better than a lot of people think it will. So I think what will happen is once Buzz gets created with this movie that has like all these different Spider-Man in it, like a girl sp- like Spider-Gran, a girl Spider-Man, and like almost everybody heard about Miles when he got created. He was like, what's that? Like they're making Spider-Man black. So I think that may still get some people seeing it just because of that. And uh, of course, Peter Parker Spider-Man. Like I think those three reasons alone are enough to make it do really well. Well, I think we're going to need to call it a yeah. night. But uh, I think this went pretty well. I hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, and I'm looking forward to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Also, I'm sorry for coughing so much this episode. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, at least you like half your voice and everything. Yeah. Uh... At least nobody listening to this can, like, uh, get my cold through me coughing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. I think I'm starting to get it. <laughs> well, it's hard to fake cough on. <laughs> Wait. We should end in, like, two seconds. So, I thought, oh, it's passed. I was going to say we could end at one, an hour and 11 minutes and 11 seconds. But it passed. I, I may end up editing stuff out. So, I mean, maybe when I'm if I edit it, I'll edit to around even number. Okay, so thanks for listening. Okay, thanks for listening.